Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club with your hosts, Caitlin and Kirsty. Tune in as experts share their insights to help grow your business with higher sales, creative marketing, and kick arse business strategies. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Pet Photographers Club. I'm Caitlin of Ragmuffin Pet Photography. I'm one half of our podcast duo, but Kirsty is somewhere in Kyrgyzstan. She's listening to us as we speak, but we can't get her mic to work at the moment. So you've got me for today and a really awesome guest. So inspired by the love of dogs, today's guest created an online space that focuses on professional photography, rescue, and quality products for dogs and the people who love them. Over the last six years, this space has grown into one of the top, if not the number one blogs showcasing gorgeous pet photography from around the world. We're both big fans of the Daily Dog Tag, and we're so pleased to have founder and editor Beth Patterson on the show today. Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club, Beth. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So for those who aren't familiar with your blog, can you give us maybe a little bit of a rundown about what it's all about? Yes. So I'm going to back up just a little bit. I used to be a second shooter for my sister and we did, I was a wedding photographer. And part of my training in photography was to look at lots of wedding blogs and see, you know, really good photos of engagements and weddings to kind of get ideas. And I kept going back and just wanting to look at the ones that had dogs in it. And I Mm -hmm. thought it's really important. Animals don't live as long as they should. And it's really important to have these photographs to remember them by. And so I wanted to encourage more people to bring their animals to their professional shoots, you know, and their engagements and their weddings. And then also to get those really wonderful pet photography sessions, which is what I really love. Um, so mm-hmm. I decided I couldn't find anyone doing it. So I decided I would start it. So right. that's what I do. Yeah. Well, you started back, so the Daily Dog Tag, was that in 2012, I think yes. I saw? Yes. So that's pretty early in terms of the history of pet photography as a professional industry. So I'm not surprised to learn that there was not that many people doing it. Did you find that there were, did you find it difficult to find people specializing in pet photography at that time? I did. Um, Mm -hmm. there were a few, you know, that were kind of like really standouts that, um, and so many of them, of those really big names in my, my idea of pet photographers agreed to let me publish their photos. So it was really wonderful, but it was not easy and it's still not as easy for me to find professional dog photographers. I get more engagement sessions with a dog as opposed to Mm -hmm. a whole dog session. Um, Oh, really? Yes. But um, that might just be where I'm drawing my photographers from, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But it it is so exciting because there are so many more dogs online in professional photos everywhere I look. I'm like, oh, that's great. You know, it really has grown a lot. So I'm happy about yeah. that. Where do you get most of your submissions from? Well, I get them two ways. If I find a really great photographer online, I will sometimes email her and say, hey, I love your work. And I'm pretty sure that's how I got to photo- to feature one of your photos. Um 
because <laughs> I just, you know, I loved it so much. And I'm like, I really need to, yeah. <laughs> to feature this. Um, Thanks. <laughs> and then sometimes I also get submissions through Two Bright Lights, mm-hmm. which is a um, platform for photographers looking for places to submit their photos. I think I've heard about Two Bright Lights more um in the it's, realm of wedding photography. It definitely so is. I think I'm the only pet publication, you know, that, yep. that really wants the pets. I mean, you have to be one of the only pet publication full stop, right? The Daily Dog Tag is the number one blog I ever think about when I'm thinking about blogs that publish pet photography. I think that I am. I mean, there are other, you know, really dog-centric blogs like Pretty Fluffy Mm -hmm. and Dog Milk, but they do a lot more than just pet photography. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I'm the only one that really concentrates, you know, really in featuring photographers. I mean, this is going to sound like such a simple question, but what is the point of that all for you? Like, what do you (laughs) get out of (laughs) featuring Pet photographers. There are a couple of things I get out of it. First of all, I get like first look at all these amazing dog photos and Mm -hmm. I love them. You know, I just like, I have my, I don't print them out, but in my head, I have like a museum where I would Mm -hmm. put like the best pictures, you know? So I love just getting the, getting to see them. And then I really hope that when I share my blog that I'm inspiring other people to say, hey, we should go get a picture with our dog, you know, Mm -hmm. and that I'm helping. I'm not really profiting off of this, but I'm hoping that I'm inspiring people to um, just get these pictures while they can. Yeah, it's sort of it's such a tricky thing I always find to chat about because it's it's what I want to say, but because it's what I believe, um, you know that your dog's not going to be around forever. So excuse my dog crying in the background. Oh. I'm not you, you though. On the other hand, baby girl, you are going to be around forever. Don't worry about yeah, that. She definitely will. <laughs> She's like, no, what are you talking about? Well, it's all this dog. But, you know, they're they're not going to be around forever. And it's for me personally, that's how I got into it as well, is that feeling like I just want to create these keepsakes for people. But it is a funny thing to talk about, especially as a photographer in in any chance, um, because I don't want to. You don't want to depress like people. <laughs> yeah, or like trying to profitize over this like really awful aspect right. of having dogs around it's like such a tricky thing to say because that is the truth of why we want pet photography is so you have keepsakes that last forever past their lifetime but yeah I do find it really tricky but I love that being your number one motivation for doing that because I do think it's something that everyone should have I mean obviously I'm biased but (laughs) (laughs) um so I can see on the blog that you really feature a lot of rescue and adoptable dogs and that's the thing is that something you did right from the start absolutely um i've had all kinds of dogs in my life gotten them from different places and i love rescue dogs and i feel like rescue dogs have had a bad rap in the past and Mm -hmm. so it's not that i won't feature a dog that's a you know a purebred or a dog that was bought at a from a 
breeder or even from a puppy mill because I will feature the dogs based on the photography. But I really want people Mm -hmm. to start thinking, hey, that's a really great dog. And, oh, they got him from a shelter. We should go to a shelter Mm -hmm. and get our great dog. You know, so I'm trying to inspire people to adopt dogs because it's such a wonderful, smart thing to do. You're preaching to the converted, but I love to hear that. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. So do you have... I, I can see that you feature a lot of like adoptable profiles as well. Mm-hmm. So um, tell me a bit more about those. So one of the things that I'm, you know, obviously really motivated to do, and I don't know that I've done it yet, but I would love to help some dog end up in his forever home because they saw him on my website. But even mm-hmm. if that never happens, it's okay because I feel like I'm giving them the chance. I'm helping these mm-hmm. particular dogs to be found. And then in a broader sense, I hope that I'm sending other people to go look at their shelter for their next dog or to at least consider it because some people just yeah. don't even consider it. So I feel like every time I can show these really wonderful dogs that are looking for a home, maybe somebody will it'll click with them that that's what they should do. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's such an inspiring viewpoint to have. And it's, I mean, we see a lot of pet photographers out there volunteering and giving their time to make those adoption profiles. And it's such an easy way for us to get back. It's also, you know, silver lining or icing on the cake, however you want to say it. It can be really good for business as well to get that ball rolling. So it's sort of like, a, a nice dual benefit there, but I, yeah, it's great to see those adoptable profiles. So I'd love to know um, what tend to be the most popular posts on Daily Dog Tag. Okay. I have just <laughs> recently realized that anything where the dog has his head tilted to the side people go crazy Mm -hmm. for, you know, like that just on my Instagram, I'm just looking and I'm like, yeah, everybody likes this one because his head is tilted and they're all cute dogs. They're all really great. Uh And of course, a lot of the people who come to my blog are photographers, but a lot of them also are people who come for the story. So they like to Mm -hmm. read about the dogs. And anytime a dog has had sort of a difficult past, that seems to get a lot Mm -hmm. of people commenting more because, you know, they just are so happy that the dog is in a better place or whatever. Um, So I don't really have the key for the popular ones, but I just noticed on Instagram that it's the side head tilt that really gets everybody excited. (laughs) You know, it's so funny that you say that because now that you said that I'm thinking through actual client sessions and those head tilts are the ones that sell as well. (laughs) They're also the ones that when I'm in the middle of shooting, as soon as you make like a certain noise Uh and I realize that the dog is a head tilter, I'll like be like, oh my goodness, I'm so excited. I like lose my control completely (laughs) because there's something so cute about it. So yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. (laughs) For photographers looking to submit to the daily dog tag, what are some of the things that you tend to look for in those submissions? Okay. So the First of all, the first thing, of course, is the photography. Like, are they good images? You know, um, and almost everybody who sends photos to me do send in really beautiful images. So that's the first thing is you know the images um, really well done. And then I like to have sort of a combination of that wonderful close up with the head tilt, but then some if the photographer and the dog 
are in sync to do action shots. Those are really wonderful to share and sort of like the full body. And the thing that I really love, and I don't always include them because um, sometimes, you know, people will say, I don't want that. But I really like it when there's a picture that shows the bond between the dog and the humans that love him. Like, I just think that that Mm -hmm. sort of kind of ties up the story, but I don't get that all of the time and that's okay. You know, and and I wish that photographers, more photographers could talk the clients into it, even if they never publish those, even if they don't send them in, because I think in 10, 15 years, that owner is going to look back and say, oh, I'm so glad I have this photo with me and my dog, even though I didn't look my best that day, you know, and a lot of owners don't want to do that. And I understand that because I don't particularly like to be photographed myself. Mm -hmm. But when you look back in time, they'll be glad to have those photos. Yeah, I completely agree. So that's something I wish pet photographers knew and could sell that to, not necessarily sell it, but convince Mm -hmm. the clients just join in a couple of the photos for their own personal keepsake. I always like to say to my clients, look, the truth is if you don't like the way that you look in these photos, no one except me and you is ever going to see them. I right. don't That's think you won't like the way you look in them. I think that you're going to love it because it, you know, it captures your bond together and we're not here to take cheesy, gross photos or anything. It's right. natural <laughs> and that sort of thing. I do, it's highly unlikely you're not going to like them. But if you don't like them, they'll never see the light of day. But if you do like them, thank goodness we took the, what, 10 minutes or whatever to take some photos with both of you. I totally agree. And so, I mean, I don't like myself in photos either, but the ones that (laughs) I cherish the most from my pets that are gone now are the ones with both of us together because you've it's that emotion. You can feel it and you can imagine them being next to you again. So yeah, I think that's a really, really good piece of advice for you from you for other photographers is to find out a way that you can sort of convince for want of a better word, your clients to get in front of that camera and make them feel less shy because it is so worth it. Um, And it's, Pretty rare that people don't purchase those ones on the business side of it as well. Um, Christy sent me a soulmate project to be featured on my blog, and it was wonderful. It was a story of a woman who had um, had a lot of setbacks in her life, and then she got this dog, and he really helped her regain her life. And the photos just show the bond between them, and it's just an amazing story. And I think she's doing a lot of features like that where she's really photographing the bond between the dogs and the humans and oh she says one per month is the goal and they're just beautiful yeah yeah I personally as a photographer my favorite type of photos to take are the ones that of the people and their pets together there's something so special about it and it doesn't have to be as we said before it doesn't have to be cheesy you're just there to capture the natural bond so they're mm-hmm. the ones that have the most impact. When you can really see that relationship, it's it's what makes my photographer heart happy. So um, I think that's great advice. I think it's something people should definitely incorporate into every session. I actually liked your little rundown on what you look for in submissions because uh, from the photographer's point of view, that's almost like a cheat sheet of the shots you 
definitely have to get in each session. You know, right. you have to get <laughs> the close-up of the dog looking at the camera, sort of the headshot. You have to get those action shots, some full body shots, and then finish up with some photos that capture the pet people bond. So yeah, that's awesome. And actually speaking of a cheat sheet, that reminds me, I do have a free guide for any pet photographers out there who want to grab my own must have shots that I grab in every single session. So if you want to, I will put a link to that in the show notes and you can download it there. Just head over to the petphotographersclub.com forward slash podcast forward slash 0205 because this is the fifth episode of season two. So that's the Pet Photographers Club.com forward slash podcast forward slash 0205. And I will pop a link in there. So you're welcome to download that if you want a little peek into all the shots that I make sure I get in every single session. Anyway, um, I'd love to know from your point of view, what are some of the benefits for photographers getting their work um, published online? So, of course, obviously, I am biased, but Mm -hmm. I think the first thing I often um, email with the clients themselves and almost everyone is so excited to be featured. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that it makes them feel like, okay, not only does some, you know, the whole world's going to see how awesome my dog is, but then it's also like I have the best photographer because my photographer is getting featured on Mm -hmm. a a blog that could be seen anywhere. So I think it kind of just makes them really happy. So from the photographer's point of view, it's the free marketing. And then, um, you know, it also, a lot of times, well, I always share the features on some sort of social media and I try to tag the photographer Mm -hmm. if, if it's possible, if they're on that same form of social media. So it's more exposure. It's more people getting to look at their work to kind of get attention to them. It's um, it does increase their SEO slightly because whenever I feature a photographer, I link to them, so they get that inbound link, which does boost them. You know, it does yeah. help them. Um, and then I think it kind of builds more credibility too from potential clients, mm-hmm. where they're like, "Oh, oh, you were featured. Oh, and you know, like I know, like for the big wedding blogs, people." brides really care. Oh, they were featured in this big wedding blog. And I can't say that for sure that on daily dog tag, people get really excited about it, but I do have a lot of people who come and they always are really excited when they're featured, when their dogs are featured. So I think it's, um, I think it helps the photographer to say, yes, I was featured on a blog on a, you know, a publication that wasn't my own. Yeah, absolutely. It certainly validates their business adds a bit of credibility. So I can definitely see how that would help. There's the SEO benefits. There's the fact that it sort of establishes your business outside your own social media. And then there's the fact that your client who's featured is again going to share that post. So obviously if you have photos um, like digital copies or however it is that people are giving their clients work to show off on social media. They'll do that once Mm -hmm. they get those, but this post might be featured a year after their session. So it's sort of that another excuse for them to showing it off and just more word of mouth, more referrals. It's great. And I actually have seen some people, they share in their memory Like, you know, Mm. I can't believe it was two years ago since, you know, my dog was featured and it, 
you know, because it's a happy memory and they like it. So it's kind of like it's, it doesn't just go away. It comes back yeah. and they share it again. So it kind of does have that cyclical being shared more than just one time. What would be your top tip for photographers looking just in general to grow their, I guess, their social media presence because you've got quite quite a great one on both your Instagram and Facebook? So let's see, that's a tough one. You know, Mm -hmm. I think sorry. (laughs) (laughs) you have to engage and like, I'm a shy person, so it's hard for me to actually reach out and be engaging because Mm -hmm. I'm really introverted and I don't do that easily. So it's, it's tough. You have to make that decision that you're just going to go out and you're going to interact with other accounts or whatever to get those eyes on you. Um, you know, until you feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And that, that has been my biggest challenge (laughs) as a blogger is trying to get attention because that's not who I am. Yeah. No, I, I can hear, I hear that. It seems to be almost (laughs) a common thread in our, um, in our podcast is our guests being introverts. I'm wondering if there's something to do with people like loving, loving dogs next level and also being introverted. (laughs) For those introverted photographers who are, or any photographers in general, who are trying to get their work out there, not necessarily through publications, but just through their own social media or maybe on their own blog on their website, um, how do you recommend they go about really getting that word out there? It's kind of a, you know, it's a twofold process or even probably more than that, where you, Mm -hmm. you do the work and then you share and then you share it again, or you engage with someone who is similar to you and hope that, you know, they'll kind of return the favor. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't bank on that, but I think if you're in it reciprocally, that it helps. Like, and I found like pet photographers in general are really wonderful human beings and they're really supportive. There's not like a lot of, and I'd say this is true for photographers too, in general, there's not a lot of backstabbing or mm. it's not competitive. It's more cooperative. There's enough clients for all of us kind of mentality. So I think that, um, pet photographers, if they interact with other pet photographers, they will, find um, their followings will increase, you know. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, you know, you just have to just keep plugging away and maybe choose one one or two platforms that speak to you. Mm -hmm. Like, I really love Pinterest. Really? Because I don't have, I don't have to talk. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Pinterest is really a social, as a search engine. Um, so I can just pin all my photos I have. That's my biggest, um, following is Pinterest. And I really like that. Um, and I think it's great. You know, I think a lot of people who are looking for ideas use Pinterest. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it helps a photographer find local clients. I don't know if that, you know, if that works or not. Um, but I think picking your platforms, like you don't need to be on Pinterest and Twitter and Instagram and Facebook if some of those things don't really appeal to you or, you know, whatever other social media networks are out there, Snapchat, you don't need to be in every single one, but find the one or two that you really feel comfortable with that makes you feel 
good about yourself. And I would say mm-hmm. photographer's Instagram is probably the obvious choice. Yeah. Um, you know, and really work on that and not worry about, oh, I have to be on every every media. Yeah, there's and no it, limit, right? We could be on right. social media all day, every day if we wanted to be everywhere. I'm really right. interested to hear you say that Pinterest works so well for you because it's not a social media platform that I use for my business. It is one uh-huh. that I use personally. So it's kind right. of interesting that I haven't ever, you know, made that link. I can see that maybe it wouldn't be that great for actually finding local clients, but do you find that well, it has now, an impact in your traffic? It does impact my traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't tell you, I don't have my Google Analytics, so I can't tell you what it is, but it's usually like my number one or number two driver of social wow. media to my things. And I think that now on Pinterest, you can use hashtags. So really? you could probably do a hashtag that's, you know, your local city, your local yeah. area, and you might get more business that way. You might be able to get, you know, I don't know because I haven't tried to find anyone, mm-hmm. haven't done it in reverse. Um, yeah. But that might might be a way that photographers could try to attract clients. And then they recommend that you have one board that is your business board, you know, that's just your portfolio. Mm-hmm. And like mine, I have featured on Daily Dog Tag and I only have things that I have featured on that board. And that's my first board if you go to my profile because I want people to get a sense of what they can find on my blog. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would recommend a photographer and they're on Pinterest have their own portfolio and that would be the first one. And I would put local hashtags on it to try, you know, try to get your local clients as well as just pet pet photographer, dog photographer, whatever your niche is. Yeah. And do you have, as alongside your, your portfolio board, do you have other boards that are related to Daily Dog Tag? I do. So then I have like, I have several, I have um, lots of boards, um, but I have <laughs> one called Engaging Tales because a lot of my um, dogs are in engagement sessions and, yeah. but I don't just, and so it's mostly ones that I featured, but I do find some on, you know, style me pretty or other places and they're really great photos. So I pin those as well um, mm-hmm. because I want to kind of inspire people to just, Hey, go get your, you know, put that dog in your engagement photos, <laughs> just do it. Yeah. Um, so I do have, and then I have one that's, I have some that are just pretty much other people's yeah (laughs) I've got got your Pinterest up now it's saying um Beth has 650,000 monthly viewers you've got 7,000 people that follow you Pinterest seems huge it's so funny we we don't chat about it a lot Kirsty and I but it, it maybe it's an untapped um area that pet photographers could start utilizing, especially with those hashtags. I love dogs and wedding photos. It's just so cute. Great. I'm looking (laughs) looking through your boards now. I'm like, I love that photo. (laughs) And Christy says that she has a what to wear inspiration board. Um, That's a great idea. And that's great for photographers, you know, to have that after their portfolio board. And you could, if for a pet photographer, you could, you know, really do like cute props, like great toys, pretty collars, Mm -hmm. you know, things that will make the dog stand out and make the session more special. 
you know, because yeah. a lot of people, they they go to the extra trouble to buy a nice leash or they, and they get their dog groomed and they do all those things. So you could give them some ideas. Absolutely. So how did you start growing your Pinterest following in this, in the beginning? Um, I just pinned everything that I featured, but I only usually just pin like one per session. Cause I wanted to get people I didn't want them to just see the whole photo session on my Pinterest board. I want them to come to mm-hmm. my blog. So I just did that. And um, I don't really know. It just seemed to, it just did well on that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's I a great started, tip. I started using something called Tailwind. Uh, uh, where yeah. It, you know, sort of automates it for you. And mm-hmm. I have seen more traffic from doing that. Yeah, great. Actually, that's a good segue into, um, do you have your toolbox for success questions that we sent you up in handy by any chance? Um, Sort of. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So do you have any other apps, recommended apps that alongside Tailwind? Yes. So the one thing that I I wouldn't really call it an app, but um, Lightroom you know, it's great for mm-hmm. a lot of photographers, at least in the United States, use Lightroom a lot. And um, we found that Jared Platt, who is a photographer, was great at explaining how to get your workflow, just cut off so much time on the workflow that, you know, mm-hmm. I would recommend that to anyone was learning Lightroom because he was, it was really, we were really happy to have him. He came and spoke to our local photographer group and he took us through a workshop and it was just amazing. And he has an online class or Jared Pratt, Pratt, was it? I think it's Platt, P-L-A-T. Beautiful. I love anything that um, gets workflow more organized and systematized. (laughs) So Lightroom, Tailwind, which for anyone who isn't familiar with that? Did you want to give a brief overview of Tailwind as well? Um, so it's just a Pinterest app that allows you to, has two different segments as far as I know. Um, one where you can pin in advance and you schedule your pin. So you can do seasonal content. If you're, you know, if you're just having a time when you're sitting at your computer, you can pin all the way till January, you know, you can schedule them all out if you want. And you can adjust how many times a day you want to pin and it does it automatically. And you can also, you could override it. You can switch it around to be more manual. And then Tailwind also has a thing called tribes. So you can find other people's content that's similar to yours. Like I'm in with a lot of pet bloggers. So we sort Mm -hmm. of share content. Um, you know, I get a lot of my, I have a board called Half Dog Will Travel. I don't actually <laughs> do very much traveling, <laughs> but I think it's great that people do. So I get a lot of other people's, um, I pin a lot of other people's stuff because I think it's worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, definitely. That's cool. Yeah, so that's Tailwind. And then the next app that I just started using, and I've only used it like three times, so I can't tell you if it's great or not, but it's called Planoly. P-L-A-N-O-L-Y, and it's for Instagram. And I like it because I can – I'm not particularly smartphone savvy. So I like sitting at my computer because I can type with – both my, all my, all my fingers. 
yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> instead of just one. And um, I really just like that so much better. And again, you can schedule it in advance and then you can decide what time you want it to go. You can put in all your hashtags. You can um, do hashtags like in a row. I don't know. Are you familiar with this at all, Planoly? Yeah, I am okay. familiar. I use Schedulegram myself. Um, okay. Because it doesn't do the push notification. It, oh, nice. It, you can, yeah, they actually, and they use um, actual human beings to post for you, so you're also not breaking the Instagram API. Oh, I didn't um, know about that. So I quite like them. Yeah. yeah. Look into it if you haven't. <laughs> yeah, have because to, you know, yeah. one more thing to save. I always used to forget to actually post it when I got those push notifications right. on um, Instagram and scheduling apps. <laughs> I'd be like, you have to post this now. Like, oh, I'll do that later. And then I'd have. 20 that I had to do. It's like, this isn't working. So yes, <laughs> it's schedule.gram, but it's a similar sort of thing. Okay, design it. And then I'm the same as you. I much prefer to be typing on a keyboard than on my phone. So I like being able to do it um, yeah. on my computer. Absolutely. Um, and do you have any favorite books? Well, I don't have a lot of business books. Um, mm-hmm. A long time ago, I read Purple Cow, which is, you know, really old yep. now. Um, but I think it was really, it was really great advice. And I don't think that it, the book might be old, but I think the advice is still pretty timeless. I did read it years ago as well. And that's basically, um, about finding that one unique aspect to your business, right? Is that right? right. Yeah. Beautiful. It's definitely a good sort of classic business book to add right. to the list. Um, and we've got Jared, plate for your favorite people any other publications or podcasts or people you recommend we follow i mean ted talks of course everybody i think knows Mm -hmm. the wisdom that comes in there so i just watch those when i can and then this is not a business book but um i don't know if you're familiar with best friends animal sanctuary it's not okay so it's the biggest animal i don't know if it's the biggest i'm speaking out of turn it is a very impressive animal sanctuary rescue that's here in the Mm -hmm. United States. And it was founded, I believe it was in 1980, but I could be off by a few years, but it was in the eighties by a group Mm -hmm. of 19 best friends, young people. And they built, they bought these, this acres in um, Utah and they built this wonderful rescue and it's no kill. And they're like advancing no kill in the United States. They want it to be no kill by 2025. And they're just doing tremendous work. And Mm. I had the chance to go out and visit it um, a few years ago. And that was definitely like a highlight of my life. Just seeing (sighs) all of these people who know about animals and do everything and are so involved and they're so kind and just, they're just amazing. And they have a book now about their story and how they evolved. And I haven't finished it yet, but I just am inspired to think that these people, they were just 19 friends and they really made such a huge difference in the world through, you know, good. Yeah. So I, recommending that book. It's by Samantha Glenn. And like I said, I haven't finished it, but I have been to the sanctuary and it's just amazing. So I think it's 
the book is going to be great too. Is it a, it's a feel good book? Yeah, it, it is. I think it's a be nonfiction, but it's just, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's not going to help anybody with their business, except for it will maybe inspire people to follow their dreams and do what they know is right for, you know, for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Well, anyone listening is um, almost definitely dog crazy as well. So I'm sure even if it's not business related, it's I love reading dog books. So I've it's funny. I've just gone onto the Best Friends Animal Society Instagram um, page just while you're chatting. I like wanted uh-huh. to have a look at them, and the top two photos are both kittens with head tilts. I'm like, I'm gonna notice all the head tilts everywhere ever since you said right? this. <laughs> like, yep, yep, that's definitely the cutest. <laughs> awesome. And um, do you have a a favorite quote that you love to live by, work by? I do, and it's very cheesy. It's not mm-hmm. cheesy, but it's cheesy that I chose this for my quote. It's on my about page and it's from W.R. Hirsch. And I have no idea who that person is. I tried to find out who they were. I tried Googling them tonight so I could say who this person was and I can't find anything. (laughs) So I don't know who he or she is, but the quote is, every person thinks he has the best dog and none of them are wrong. Oh, I love that. I think that's just, it's just so true. And it can be applied to even more than just your dog, you know, but I just, I just love that quote. And I always think that about that. Every dog I feature is really the best dog. Mm -hmm. So that's my favorite quote. That's absolutely beautiful. I think that's a perfect spot to finish this on. Thank you so, so much for coming and chatting with us today. Thank you for having me. So great. It's so interesting to hear pet photography um, from sort of not an outsider's perception, but from a a different point of view rather than from the photographer's point of view. So it's been really, really enlightening. It's fantastic. Um, And some great Pinterest tips that were a little (laughs) bonus we didn't expect to have coming. So I think I'm going to start trying to use Pinterest in my business a bit more. Um, For our listeners, where's the best place to find you? Um, dailydogtag.com. Super easy. And you've got a great Instagram and Facebook. So we'll put links okay, to all you. of those in the show notes. Fantastic. Thank you so, so much. Have an awesome rest of your night. Thank you for chatting to us and nighttime for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. We'll chat to you soon. Well, there you have it. That was Beth Patterson from the Daily Dog Tag coming at us with a whole bunch of different tips and um, advice for pet photographers out there looking to get their work submitted, looking to build their social media presence, their online presence, and just, just a really lovely insight into how someone who is within the pet photography industry but not a pet photographer herself sees our industry, how they see what we create. I just thought it was really enlightening. So thank you so much, Beth, for coming on board. As always, we will have all the links to everything in the show notes. I will have a link to that free guide of the shot list cheat sheet, basically, my must-have shots for any pet photography session. We'll pop a link to that in the show notes again. So that's the petphotographersclub.com forward slash podcast forward slash 0205. Hope you guys found that helpful. Give a shout out to Beth if you want to say hello to her, start following the daily dog tag, and we will be back in another two weeks with another interview for you all. Hope you have a wonderful day. Hope your businesses are thriving and may the dogs not pee on your camera bag. Bye for now.